Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. You know, a pastor preached at his church one Sabbath. And when he was finished preaching, Brother Brooks, he was at the door shaking hands. And the members were filing out. And a little boy came by, might be about six or seven years old, and shook the preacher's hand. And then he looked at the preacher and said, Pastor, you said very little today. And then he went outside, went to the side door, went back in the church, and joined the line again. He came down and shook the pastor's hand and said, Preacher, (laughs) you didn't say very much today. (laughs) So by now the preacher started to get concerned. But anyway, he didn't say anything. He, little boy, went back through the side door, went in the church, joined the line again, and came back and held the preacher's hand a little longer and squeezed it, look in his face, and said, Pastor, as a matter of fact, you didn't say a thing today. <laughs> So by now, the pastor got overly concerned and turned to the elder, Elder Parchman, who was beside him and said, Elder, tell me something. What is this little boy trying to say? So Elder looked at him and said, Pastor, you don't pay the little boy any money, yeah? He's just saying all that what all the other members are saying. <laughs> I know you want to hear something today. You want to hear something? Well, I don't have anything to tell you. All I am going to do is just to tell me what Jesus told me to tell you. Amen. Is that what you want? Yes. Very good. And I can see that you're looking very expectant. And you're really anticipating something. You've been through a hard week, am I right? Some of you have had some very difficult situations that you have dealt with during this week. And so for a few moments, I want to talk with you about what the Lord has laid on my heart. And so I want to talk to you today about the story of redemption. 
What am I going to talk about? Story. The story of what? Redemption. And I'm going to ask you now to take out your reading instrument. I usually say reading instrument because some of you have iPhone. You have tablets. And by the way, when I was a little boy, my mother used to give me tablets when I was sick. <laughs> but you have your tablet, right? So take out your tablet or your iBook or your iPad. Let's go to the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 3. And verse 15. That is our key text for today. I grew up in the New Testament church of God. And I was baptized in the church when I was 12 years old. And every Sunday when I went to church as a little boy. I had to recite my golden text. So our golden text today is Genesis 3 verse 15. So let's recite our golden text. Are you ready? Here we go. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, seed and her seed. He will bruise thy head and you will bruise his heel. Let us pray. Oh God. You are a great God. And today, we are honored to be in your house, this hallowed holy presence, where we invite your divine presence to be with us. We open your words now. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O God. And we pray that the word will become life and light to us as we travel through this dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. So I want to talk to you about the story of redemption. The story of redemption is an old, old story. But then it reminds us very vividly about the newness of God's unparalleled love. The old, old story. The word redemption is defined as the purchase back of something that has been lost by the payment of a ransom. And so the original word for redemption occurs several times in the scripture. Nine times in the New Testament. The word redemption. 
And it is always with the idea of paying a price for something. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, the writer says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to what? And to give his life a ransom. So there is what you called the ransom theory. Where something was lost. And then the original owner. And I wanted to mark that, that it belongs to someone originally. Then it is lost. And sometimes it is in the position of somebody who is not the original owner. And in order for the original owner to get it back, he has to pay for it. And so, there are many passages in the New Testament which presents Christ's suffering under the idea of a ransom that is paid. And the result, therefore, is to secure a purchase or a redemption. So, redemption money, ransom payment. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseas. Be shepherd of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Now here it is. According to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. That Adam and Eve. Being in a very pristine, protective and precious environment. Was drawn away from the very presence of God. And their sinned. And Jesus Christ came down and he looked at the serpent under the guise of the devil and said to the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And he says here between you and the woman, and between your offspring, says one version, and hers, he will bruise your head and you will strike his heel. Now there's a difference between the bruising of the head and the striking of the heel. The bruising of the head leads to death. The striking of the heel is a temporary wound that is healed. So it says here that in as much as Satan will bruise the heel of God's people. And hence the heel of Jesus Christ. But then Jesus Christ is going to crush his head. And so here 
in order for him to be able to cross Satan's head, he must endure that which is set before him. He has to drink of the bitter cup. He has to go the last mile in loneliness. In loneliness. And in Galatians chapter 3, here the NIV says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hung on a tree or on a pole. The death of Jesus Christ was the worst of all human death. And the death against us is also a great debt. Debt that you cannot pay. But I want you to understand here that the death of Jesus Christ does not simply cancel our debt. It cannot be canceled. And uh, I learned some time ago when I did a little course in business, it wasn't much. You, 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 you have to believe that. You believe that. Very good. That means you don't expect very much from me in that direction, which is true. But this is what I learned. I learned that for every debit, there is a corresponding credit. That's what I was told. I don't know if it's true. That's not my feel. It's true. And I understand that when you do business, you have to make provision for bad debt. Allowance for it. And sometimes you have to write it off, but you can't cancel it. And so the death that we owe cannot be canceled. It must be fully paid for. And so Christ's blood, his own life, which he surrendered for us, is the ransom by which we are delivered from the servitude of sin and from penal consequences. And so our ransom is not being paid. Our ransom is being paid. Not only is our ransom paid, but our salvation is secured. Do you feel secure in your walk with the Lord? Do you wonder sometimes if you're really making it? Or if you can make it? I'm here to let you know today that because Jesus has paid the price, you are saved. And nothing can change that. And so in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, the writer says, talking about Jesus, he says, who gave himself for us 
to redeem us from all wickedness. Some all what? And some of us, you know, we are really wicked, you know. Wicked to the tenth power. We are so wicked sometimes that even when there is no wickedness, we create wickedness. But here it is that you see that Jesus has redeemed us from all wickedness and to purify for himself, for himself, a people that are his own. And this is the part that I like. Eager to do what is good. You know, some people are eager to do evil. But the people of God must be eager to do what is good. And the word eager here means anxious. Want to do it. And the, the idea of wanting to do it is not something that is coerced, but it is spontaneous. It's, it's a part of you. It's the way you live and, and work. And, and in the environment where you are, people see that you are different. You know. Let me tell you a story here now. Very interesting story. Some, year, some years ago, when my wife got a job to work at a certain place, she'd come home and say to me, you know, Daddy, she calls me Dad. And she says, Daddy, you know, there's a lady at work, you know, Every time we are having something, she asks me to prepare the veggie meat. <laughs> but I don't know who this lady is, you know. So I said, uh, Mommy, she's so nice. She's an, she's an Adventist. Why, why don't you ask her? She said, no, I'm not going to ask her. I'm going to observe her somewhere. <laughs> and then she observed this lady and observed it. You know, Daddy, we are having another function next week, you know. And she asked me to prepare the veggie meat. She said, Sharon, you prepare the veggie meat. But she came back and she said, but you know, Daddy, this lady looked different, you know. She doesn't dress like the other people here. And she behaves differently. I said, that, Mommy, you know, that, that lady could be an Adventist. Said she might be, but I'm not going to ask her. I'm observing her some more. <laughs> so she observed the lady for a good while. And then one day she came and said, she said, Mommy, you know that we are in a prayer banner at the workplace. And this lady is one of the ladies who's leading out in the prayer banner. You know. She must be an Adventist. <laughs> I said, so are you going to ask her? Say, no, I'm observing her some more. <laughs> and to make the long story short, she observed the lady, observed the lady, and discovered that the lady is Sister Liburn. 
because they used to work at the city of Miramar. You see how the story go, brother? So always remember now that you must eager to do good things. Because you don't know who's going to come across your path. And see, you know, the Lord would have it that my wife and I come to the church now where I'm going to be the pastor where Sister Nyburn is a member here. <laughs> no, if she was doing something bad, I would really have to discipline her, you know. Always do what is right. Yeah. Your character is what you are when nobody's watching. It says here that the scripture plainly teaches that Christ saves us not by the exercise of power nor by observance of doctrine, nor not even by his own example, nor by his moral influence, nor by any subjective influence, whether it is natural or mystical. Christ saves us First of all, by satisfying the demand of divine justice. After we sinned, we broke the law of God. And the law of God demands that the sinner be brought to justice. You must be brought to judgment. And so, somebody had to pay the price to ransom the sinner. And uh, divine justice demands that the sinner pay the price. But then, there was a great tension because here it is that this, the, the divine justice is demanding the death of the sinner, but the grace of God is demanding divine forgiveness for the sinner. So there is the tension. How does this tension, tension become resolved? One who is not emotionally are physically involved within the situation has to step in. And Jesus Christ now was the one who is not contaminated by sin. He doesn't have sin within him. He is the one who steps forward and then divine justice says that the one who comes to pay the penalty must be innocent and not guilty. For the guilty cannot save the guilty. Only the innocent can save the guilty. So Jesus comes in 
And then he gave himself a ransom. Christ saves us by redeeming us from the curse and the authority of the law of sin and the law of death. This he does by reconciling us to God. And this is consistent with divine justice. And today, we are sinners, but we are saved by grace. So here it is, that on Mount Calvary, there were three crosses. One on the left and one on the right. And there were three men. The one on the left decided to curse God. The one on the right decided that he would plead, ask God to plead for him. So the one on the left, he died in his sin. The one on the right died to sin. But the one on the middle died for sin. The one on the left had sin in him. The one on the right had sin in him. But the one in the middle had sin on him. But he said that long ago in Genesis chapter 3.15. And then in the scripture reading today, he said that when the fullness of time was come, God sent for the son and he came with a purpose. He came with a mission. And I'm glad today that nothing deterred him. Can you imagine if Jesus Christ had not died successfully without sin? Even Moses would have to come back to earth. And Elijah would have to come back. But I am happy that they don't have to come back come back down because I will be going up one day. You want to go up with me? You sure you want to go up with me? It's not easy, you know. But it's possible. Jesus paid it all. All to him I know. Sin has left a crimson stain. Washes white as snow. So as I close today, I want to go back a little to the text I read for you, Genesis 3.15. There are three things that are contained in this text. Number one, it is a prophecy. Genesis 3.15 is a what? A prophecy. Yes. It is the first messianic prophecy. That the Messiah would come. He would come through the woman. And the woman here is twofold. The woman meaning that he would come through Mary. And he would also come through the church. So Mary gave birth to the Son of God. 
and then the church also is symbolized by the woman. And so, the person spoken of here in Genesis 3.15 is called the seed of the woman. The church and Mary. I want you to notice that it did not say the seed of the man. Women, the Bible is an interesting book, you know. Women are not usually known to have seeds. Women don't have seeds. Am I right? Yeah. You know that. But the Bible says that the woman has seed. The seed of the woman and not the seed of the man. This means that this identifies Jesus Christ as coming through a woman without the invention of a man. And so the man has nothing to do with it. And that is why Joseph say, I have to put away privily. Meaning, I have to put away privately because I don't want to embarrass her. And I don't want to. And don't want me to be ashamed. So that which comes from the woman is not a being that the male chromosome and the female chromosome come together and determine the gene of this being. Because his, this gene is not a human gene. But he comes as the Messiah. And the word Messiah means crown prince. What does it mean? And he was born of the virgin. And then again, it even gets more complex. Because I don't know how virgin must have child. Virgin can't have children. But as you will discover. That God does not depend on human being to enact his purpose and his plan. Amen. So when God calls you to use you, you must say, here am I, send me. Because there's nothing in you to qualify you for the plan of God. And some of you come to church when you do things, you behave as if you're doing it as a favor. Yes, we want you to be pleased and willing to do it. But at the same time, remember now that all that you have and all that you will be is what God put inside. Amen. Do you hear what I say, church? Amen. And so here it is. That this is the first prophecy. And then Isaiah says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then the, th the second thing about John, I mean about Genesis 3.15. And uh, it is the first proclamation of the gospel story. Number one, the first prophecy. The first proclamation of the gospel story. It is in Genesis, Genesis 3.15. That the gospel was first preached. This is where the first plan 
was made known that man will be saved. For Jesus is healed, will be bruised, yes, but he's going to crush the head of the serpent and all of us will be saved in Jesus Christ. And then finally, John 3.16 has inside there the divine prescription. So it is a prophecy, it is a proclamation, and it is a prescription. What is a prescription? I kind of hear it was going on in the story here this morning. Medicine. Most, medi most uh, people who get sick, in order for them to get the medicine from the pharmacy, you have to have a prescription. Am I right? You have those that you can buy over the counter. But sometimes they're not so potent. So it is that the divine prescription. Now what is the divine prescription for sin? It is the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And those of us who are here today, we are here because we are, we are sick. And the church is a hospital for sick people. And it is not a hotel for the righteous club. The gospel is not cake for special occasion. It is bread for everyday use. And some of us, we hold this thing so dear, you know. We don't want anybody to get it. Because it's mine. And Jesus gives me. Yes, he has given it to you. But you are to share it. I made an observation the other day. That I want to share with you at the close. There's a big war that is going on between two great religions. Well, three, there are three great religions in the world. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Listen to this. If you, if you were not born a Jew, you cannot embrace Judaism. Because you're not a Jew. Meaning that you have to be born as a Jew. I was trying to buy a cemetery spot some time ago for myself. Uh, everybody needs to have one. And I called a place, and when I called the place, the man said that, yes, we have somebody asked me a question. He said, are you a Jew? I said, no, I'm a Jamaican. <laughs> He said, no, I can't sell you because you cannot be buried in the Jewish cemetery. Now, I want you to observe the Muslim religion now. It is the largest growing religion in the world. And if you're a Jamaican, you can be a Muslim. If you are from Japan or Indonesia, or the Philippines, anywhere you come from, if you want to be a Muslim, you can be a Muslim. And so the religion is growing wide and large. But the Jews made a terrible mistake in trying to keep the gospel for themselves. 
day. It has caused a serious problem. As Christians, the gospel that you get, it must be shared. Amen. You're a custodian. You're a what? Custodian. You're a caretaker of it. Yes, absorb it. Keep it. Let it be a part of you. But you must share it. And so, brothers and sisters, as we face the future, there is no survival outside of Jesus Christ. Do you love him? Do you trust him? want to serve him? You really say yes? Please stand with me. This week here is the most celebrated week in Christendom. Pilgrims from all over the world go various places. They go to Jerusalem to observe the spot where Jesus Christ was crucified. And Sister Harley and myself, we went there some years ago, walk on the Via de la Rosa where Jesus walked. And we went up to where he was crucified. Well, I didn't see him there. We went down to where they told us it was the garden tomb where he was buried. And interestingly, when we got there, there was a stone to the side for the grave was open. He wasn't there. But we never despaired because before we got there, he was in our hearts. Amen. Do you want him to be in your heart today? Please bow your heads. Oh God. Lord, we are sinners. We have failed you. And there is somebody here today who wants to make a change. Wants something better. We just want to thank you, Lord, that you've made provision for us to be saved. So I pray, O oh God, that you will bless us in this place. Open up vistas, avenues where we can see and experience your matchless love. Lord, for that lady here today who came here so distraught in such despairing condition on the verge of discouragement, I pray for her today. Lord, you know that lady. She cried tears on her pillow. Seem as if her world is falling apart. 
Oh God, I ask you now today that you will whisper forgiveness and peace and love. Help her to hold on a little longer. And for that man who is struggling so hard, business doesn't seem to be doing well. Gets more difficult each day. He wants to give in and to give up. But oh Lord, ask him now to look up. For you're looking down in love and mercy. What about that youth who is caught in the web of confusion? Doesn't know where to find a way out but I hear you say I am the way the truth and the life so bless us today and make us what you want us to be in Jesus name we pray Amen. thank you for listening to today's message we are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.